Albert Einstein believed that the only thing that you absolutely have to know is the location of the library. And we would add to that, and where to find the librarian. In the December episode of Teach Like a Boss, Julie Hole and Julie Sabarin, the two Julies, interview Elkhorn School's legendary librarian, Thomas McLeod. In this jam-packed episode, Tana shares some of the abundant resources she's curated over the years, with topics ranging from behavior support to Indigenous literature to books featuring LGBTQ characters. Tanis and the two Julies also discuss some of their favorite reads. And with Christmas holidays upon us, you just might have time to take advantage of their recommendations. Coming to you from the southwestern corner of Manitoba, sharing fresh perspectives from real educators. Tune in as teachers relate their stories of professional learning, classroom practice, and the challenges they've overcome to teach like a boss. My name's Julie Hall. And I'm Julie Sabrin. And we are hosting the podcast today while we talk to one of our favorite librarians in the whole world, Tanis McLeod. Tanis, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself? <laughs> um, my name, obviously, Tanis McLeod. I'm Elkhorn School Librarian. I am going on 30 years here. So, um, kind of the matriarch of the school now at this point. <laughs> kind of are. I was the baby here once, but now, yeah. now I'm like, I've been here the longest. So, yes, anyways. Uh, really proud of our library. Really proud of our collection. Uh, we run a great library program, as do majority of the schools in the division. Um, our librarian group is excellent. Uh, they're always eager for new PD. We love to book buy together and share, and um, they are all wealths of information for for teachers, for students, and for parents as well. So. Um, I'm just here to answer any questions that these ladies throw at me. And if you haven't been to the Elkhorn Library, it's something else to see. It's beautiful. And from what we understand, Tanis is inviting everyone in the division to her home for her new home library yes. <laughs> as soon as it's done as well because it looks amazing so Tea, far. cake, and books. <laughs> uh, coffee for me, but yeah. <laughs> So we might as well jump right into it. So our first kind of question today is what um, books you're currently suggesting for behavioral supports? Because we know with the current situation, teachers are already full. We are full, full, full. So what do you have around to help us support our kids who are also full? Okay, well, I've been building the behavioral support for quite some time, um, and it ranges in for ages, that's the other thing too. Um, I'm a K to 12, so the the range is for five-year-olds right up to 18-year-olds, which makes purchasing a little trickier and, and making it fair across the board. But when I, when I buy, I have to keep in mind that I've got like three different levels. It's like three schools in one, S similar to Reston. Kim has mm -hmm. to do the same there. Um, so, we do have really good selection of behavioral support. I've worked with Teresa. We've purchased lots of stuff together. Um, it's a little bit of everything for early years. It's just little series on emotions and feelings and and how to rein yourself in. Like there's the Tattletale books or the My Mouth is a Volcano or for that child that just doesn't know to filter or that there's a time to talk and a time not to talk. 
Um, we have books on ADHD, autism. Um, we have uh, a number, sadly, on grief and death and dying that has been used throughout the division, um, unfortunately. But it's important to have those resources because um, when we're faced with that, we need help, right? So uh, right now there's lots of books and they're just children's picture books, but they are ideal behavioral resort because they'll be on anxiety or worry or you know any of those feelings that we're all feeling right now. Uh, teachers, um, parents, kids. Um, and again, in all the different ranges, so that something's available for everybody. Um, some of my favorites are the ones that are basically the storybooks with just the lovely little lesson that is taught without being hit over the head with kind of a thing. So, so you can just read it and it's not like the kids are feeling like that they're being Taught. taught anything it's just you hope that they have picked up on what emotions that book evokes and or or suggestions that it has on ways to control different mm -hmm. things like that so so yeah so we do and Teresa I have given her a printout and I've taught I did a PD once with resource teachers and showed them in our old system how to search um, they'll have to learn all over again because we just switched to a new library system just like the schools went to New Power School. Um, then we're still working the kinks out too, but I did manage to do a pretty, um, pretty substantial printout of my behavioral support, and Teresa took it and I think was going to share it with all her resource teachers. And uh, later in this program, we'll discuss how you can find any of the books that I've been talking about. So, so yeah, so that's what we have for behavioral support is quite an abundance of them actually yeah and a wide range mm -hmm. it is, yeah. that's what's nice about it here is that you can go from k to eight or, or k to 12 whatever you need it's all here so we're lucky as teachers here um did you want to touch a little bit also about your indigenous uh, mental health we kind of did an lgbtq mm -hmm. um Kind of yes. not serious, but like your selection that you have? Yeah, more areas that I've really built up in mm -hmm. the last number of years. Um, Elkhorn is um, predominantly um, a white school. I, I mean, like a Caucasian, that's what mm -hmm. we have. And I have felt for years how important it was to introduce them to other cultures. And um, especially now with, you know, um, what's going on in the world and in Canada um, and our Canadian history that needs to be revised mm -hmm. because we didn't teach it the way it should have been. Um, we have built that collection up and it's pretty impressive, I'm not gonna lie. And it is everything from nonfiction, um, dealing with residential schools to write down every age range, write down for appropriate levels to like the littlest kindergarten right the you know little orange shirt day or yep. or you know the little canoe one um those ones so anything by david uh, by naomi oh, campbell or, or david robertson like yeah. that kind of stuff um and then we have graphic novels that are amazing and that's one way f in our indigenous materials and that's one way to really kind of get the students, our middle year students especially, hooked. Mm -hmm. And so not only are they enjoying 
the fiction version, um, but they're learning so much about the culture mm -hmm. as well at the same time. Um, so we have, we have, I've tried really hard to do a lot of readings of the Indigenous materials. Elkhorn had um, a residential school here. So, you know, you tell the kids that and they can't wrap their heads around that. That's impossible to them, but it, it was here and it wasn't, you know, that long ago no. that this was the case. Um, so, yeah, so I do. I try to. And some of them move me to tears and some of them are hilarious and some of them are just powerful. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're worth having and probably one of the best investments we've made. Well, and I really appreciate because the last Indigenous committee meeting we actually got to have, you made a really good point. You said, I don't know, because you didn't have exposure to it. And, and if we don't, we don't. And having those books available is such a great opportunity to have exposure for communities that don't have enough exposure. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, kids don't know. They don't know. And right. And this, I just, I am hoping that enough, that I've read enough or that the, and that the teachers have taught enough that when they do go out into the big wide world um, that they go out without any racial prejudice mm -hmm. and with empathy yeah you know yeah. that that's the biggest thing is you are going to meet people that are of a different culture than you and all kinds of different people right if and if you aren't someone who's been lucky enough to travel with family or or beyond the perimeter or, you know the furthest you've ever been is Brandon or Winnipeg there's a whole world out there of, of many cultures and and different different ideas and and I mean we want you to be prepared for that and and to be empathetic is the biggest thing I think mm -hmm. yeah. absolutely which I mean leads so well into LGBTQ books mm -hmm. you've built as well right different mm -hmm. people all over the place tell us a bit about those yes we have been working on those uh, luckily there are more and more being published because for a long time it was verboten you know it just wasn't something that you ever saw in a school library you saw it in public libraries, but you certainly did not see it in, in school libraries. And we, I, I do my research, and there's some amazing books out there on um, L LGBT characters uh, as the main characters. Some that are the sidekicks, some that are, you know, whatever. And they are in novel form, and they are in graphic novel form, some, some amazing graphic novel form ones that have come out. And they are geared, um, again, for probably, I would say, seven, eight is the lowest level that I have, and then right up to pretty much adult fiction in terms of our grade 11 and 12s, because mm -hmm. they're going to be, you know, they're 18 years old or whatever. And we have had more students in our division that um, have been um, brave and open and are asking and requesting for materials that reflect them. So that's something that we have done is, is built that up and there's really good material out there. Yeah. It, it's not, it's, yeah, it's not just the thrown in stuff. It's actually written for LGBT kids mm -hmm. so that they can see themselves. Well, that's what's so important, right? Is the idea of seeing other cultures in books, but also seeing yourself and identifying mm -hmm. For Which both the indigenous we, yeah, ones and for, for sure. the LGBTQ ones. Well, there's always so that quote that there's mirrors windows and sliding doors right so mirrors is the reflection of of yourself and when you're reading in a book window is you're looking out at some other 
thing and the sliding door is where you're able to kind of flow between the two you know your your identity and someone else's you know identity as well so mm -hmm. yeah and it was a just a sec I think I wrote that down somewhere who it was that said that about initially about the doors windows Dr. Rudin seems Bishop was mm -hmm. the one who did that about providing young readers with diverse books that reflect the multi multicultural nature of the world in which we live and he coined the phrase windows mirrors and sliding glass doors to explain how children see themselves in books and how they can also learn about the lives of others through literature so yeah very important yeah for sure yeah so much representation it's so important yes yeah um, and so speaking of a variety of learners, what are your suggestions for audiobooks for those audiovisual learners or maybe kids who are just on a long commute to get to school? Yeah. Do you have some of your any pretty much thoughts? every novel unit that we do in yeah, the school, we, we have purchased the audiovisual. Oh, awesome. Like the CD form. Mm -hmm. Now it comes in MP3, you know, yeah. or whatever, but and but I use We've All used them, them every time because you're every always you're always going to have that one student, you know, that is a struggling reader, and um, it it's to give them the option of having the novel in hand mm -hmm. and having the earphones on and having it being read too makes all the difference because they are getting it. We are raising children. This is the age of audiovisual. And so that's how they learn now is is by vision and by its sight and its sound and they're inundated with it all day long with their phones and with everything else. But for those ones that find reading hard and not every kid has reading come easily. Like I, I mean, it just isn't. It's mm -hmm. I am lucky enough to have been born a reader, two readers and you know had kids that were readers and still are and but it it is like for me picking up a book is a pleasure yeah when I read it's pleasure read unless it's you know work related and it's still pleasure read because mm -hmm. it's gonna help me in the long run do my job better but but if it's hard it's not pleasure for those students it's like it's a chore right so by having it being read to them they still are in you know all of it they're 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 gaining they're they're listening and they are getting all the same information all the same nuances that are in the book as well sometimes better cuz i will say there are some audiobooks that are better as audiobooks than the books There's themselves some, some ones, yeah. especially the ones that the authors themselves have done and mm. i have a story for about that um but yeah, we have always had those couple of students who need that just that little boost. And so an audiobook will do it for them and they can read a chapter and you can quickly s ask a question about something and they just I can't snap my fingers that you can hear it. Um they know it because yeah. it was just presented to them basically. It's like being read to. Yeah. I am 56 years old. I still love being read to. I don't care how old you are. Yeah. And it's just taking that barrier down between reading the book and enjoying it and not reading it and pretending you read it or yes. fighting. Right. It's just yes. breaking that down so that well, if, if I can listen to it, will I still get the comprehension, the story. the story, the meaning behind all of it. It's just that one less fight. Yeah. Well, and poor Riley, I'm going to throw him under the bus here, but my husband is not a reader. 
but he really enjoys podcasts and audiobooks yeah. and he loves stories it's just not his thing to yeah. pick up a book and they're such a blessing for him I know for it sure is. to have that access to still enjoy those awesome stories mm-hmm. well oh, so nice. another one another quote here from Jen Do Olivier is it's like saying you know you can see a stage play but movies are forbidden yeah. Right? Yeah. So kids need access to a variety of books and storytelling formats. Mm-hmm. Not every kid learns the same way. <laughs> but I just came across that and thought that was perfect, that, you know, when whether it applies to graphic novels or audiovisual books. Mm-hmm. It's like saying, yeah, yeah, you can go see the play, but you can't see the movie. Right? It's like a like, different... Yeah. Two completely rules. different... It doesn't yeah, make sense. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. So... Yeah. Well, and with differentiation being such an important topic to be discussed in education right now, it would be crazy not to assume this into yeah. it. Yeah, Use as many tools as we can to get kids reading, bottom mm-hmm. line. Yeah. Yeah. And if they listen to the one audio, well, they maybe will be interested to, well, there's a book too. I want to go find out what that is. I don't have the audio. It's so good, I'll read it. And it does, could, It's a hook. Actually, and it, teachers like the audios too because when they are doing a novel unit, they will, you know, do some, and sometimes they'll just put in two or three chapters of the audio and the teacher gets to listen along with the kids too mm-hmm. like I said some of them are extremely well done yes um, I know you know I yeah like the mistake I made years ago when I was traveling back and forth to Yorkton was I had gotten halfway through Marley and me on audio I had never read the book I had saved the odd because we had the audio here at the school oh boy so on the way to a game in Yorkton to watch Kyle play junior hockey I was near the end of Marley and me and I'm literally on the main drag and down Broadway and it's him it's the author and you can hear it's they're putting the the dog down and you can hear in his voice you can hear the tremble and the emotion in his voice and, and the tears and I start doing that blinking, you know, where you're not going to wreck your <laughs> mascara. Head up, and I'm just going to blink a little bit, you know. Anyways, and it continues on. And by the time I park at that rink, I am ugly crying. That's like, hilarious. I mean, no, it was awful. It was just, I had to sit in the car for I don't know how long before I could get myself yeah. up and out the door. Miss but, first period. Yeah. <laughs> because I was a wreck. Yeah. But I mean, you could hear it in his voice. It was his book, his story, true story. I know. And it was amazing. And I mean, if if you can reach, you know, a grizzled old reader like me like that, then just imagine how kids feel when it is presented to them in that format. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's another level to the storytelling for sure. Yeah. So let's go the other way. You said that you actually love your wordless books I love my wordless books tell us about it I have a collection of wordless books um I think wordless books are amazing right up to adult age simply because um the interpretation is different every single time that you do them right and so it's your words almost it's your words it's your story and and they have done such amazing ones lately Mm -hmm. um there's a new favorite but we'll save my favorites for later I know you're supposed to do that um and I don't know I just and for young young children they're ideal because Mm -hmm. it invokes them to tell the story so they then try to buy the picture you know and then you can you can 
prompt you know what do you think is happening here and and that's going to help their vocabulary right and that's going to help their uh, their imagination and their you know all of it is right there in front of them and so they i think become more more or stronger better readers because they are telling the story themselves as they go through mm -hmm. the wordless books and so many children's books now appeal to children but a lot of the inferences and humor in it is meant for older so parents enjoy it i enjoy it teachers enjoy it you know like they don't catch everything that we do um and yet it's still really appealing mm -hmm. and the kids still think it's fun and funny too mm -hmm. so but yeah it, i think that wordless books are really important especially for preschool and those first few years and they see themselves as readers. Yeah, I am they, reading they'll tell you the story six different times. I love books. They'll tell it and they'll tell yeah. it six different ways. Different when, ways. <laughs> <laughs> like, mm, what happened last time? <laughs> yeah, change that. <laughs> no, I think it's really good. And it's how we teach them to read, too, is look at the pictures and then read the words. It's, it's like the that inference, right? The inferencing. The, yeah. Okay, now there is your lead into your graphic novels. Oh, there we go. Oh, Let's yeah. do that then. Look at the pictures. Yeah right and then tell the story so there's been a lot of flack coming down on graphic novels just because they've really hit like a popular le level that they've never had before years and years and years ago there all the classics were in little black and white like we're not talking archie comics they were like little storybooks that were black and white of all the classics and and whatever now they are specific they are a genre onto themselves mm -hmm. right now and they are so popular. It's insane how popular they are. And there are some great ones, and there are some not so great ones. Mm -hmm. But if a child is reading, they're reading. And um, similar to the, you know, you can see a stage play, but movies are forbidden. Graphic novels are real books, and they provide a unique way of storytelling. Discouraging kids from reading them is discouraging kids from reading, period, right? Um, the thing that I have found is that they are a real gateway for your more reluctant reader, right? Because they will all of a sudden discover a love of reading. And they can show kids that they can read for enjoyment, and that makes them want to read more. Because mm -hmm. mm. if they don't read the for fun, who's going to pick up another book? Well, and it, when you look, give them a huge book, that can be daunting to some people who don't think they're good readers or who ta it takes too long. Mm -hmm. But like you said it's a gateway right in every one of our classes there's a range right of of learners you know you've got your your readers that are reading three four grade levels ahead and you've got some that are reading two or three behind so it says here we love the graphic novel adaptations and believe rather than taking away from classic stories they enrich them perfect example i have an anne of green gables um graphic novel it's right there and uh, I don't know how many little girls have read it. And once they're done, then they come. And, I mean, we all grew up with Anna Green. Yeah. We all knew who she was. They had no idea. No idea. And so they want to read the actual novel. Mm -hmm. And that's many of the graphic novels that I have. If they read it in the novel form, I'm able to say to them, like The Breadwinner, an amazing graphic novel. Not a heavy read, a light read. I've got boys and girls reading it. And... And then they read it and they're like, is this an actual like book? And I said, yeah, it's an actual novel. Like, 
I'd like to read that. They want to know more. Because mm-hmm. you're getting a condensed version in yep, a graphic novel. Is. You're mm-hmm. getting the audio, or not the audio, I'm sorry, you're getting the visual. And for some kids, that's very important. Yes. Because I said, it's an audio-visual world that they're living in, right? So it's right there. Um, and we have, right from early years, little uh, unicorn sets, and we've got um, the Plants vs. Zombies, and we've got, you oh, know... Oh, that one's so popular. Mm-hmm. So popular. The boys love it. Dogman was kind of a... Huge, too. Huge. And That's it's half still, and half. Well, it still is half still and half. Um, but, I mean, I have the classics mm-hmm. in graphic yeah. novel. I have... Um, there's some of my LGBT are in graphic novel. And I go right up top where I've got um, my stuff that is actually, I guess it would be young adult or adult almost. Um, the book Speak, the novel Speak That's that is done in graphic novel form, Handmaid's Tale is one. Ooh. And there's some beautiful indigenous ones, mm-hmm. like 150 stories retold. Like that Firestarter was a good one. And Firestarter's up there too and Surviving the City, and like all of those ones are up there. Um, and anything, oh, there's some some different twisted versions of fairy tales that I have as well that are up there. And then there's the animal ones, and there's the Percy Jackson ones, and there's another yeah. set that once they read those, oh, you have the novel. Mm-hmm. And on we go from there. So they're like stepping stones. They're kind of like when we were younger, or when I first started here at Alcorn School, Lurleen McDaniel books mm-hmm. were the thing, right? Illness of the Month books, we used to call them, you know, and every little girl yes. read them. And they're like Harlequins, and they all were the same, just change up a couple of different things. <laughs> and you outgrow them, and then you move on. And that's what some of these are. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's adults that are hardcore graphic novel collectors, right? Like, I have to say, I did this summer by my first... It was just a short story graphic novel, but I've been loving Star Wars. There was a really nice suggestion for, like, a spinoff one. I read that, and then it got me back into my Star Wars novels because there's so many in that universe yes. written by a variety of authors, but it did. It kickstarted me back yeah. into that. It just gives you that little nudge yeah. into learning out like more. like gateway books. Like you said, <laughs> it's gateway books. Well... Yeah. Some of them are. I still like to pick up some of them. Like, I mean, we have, like, up there is Speak, and I've got, um, oh, um, up the story of Mary Shelley, who's the author of Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. You know, that's up there. Um, Shirley Jackson's The Lottery. I have that in graphic novel form, the short story. Really? I haven't seen that one yet. How have I, I not know, seen that one? Because it's up really high. Oh, <laughs> I'm a little short. <laughs> I keep the treats down low for That's you, though, so you know that. I, I do. I know where the dinosaurs are. So, yeah, so, I mean, the graphic novels, we've really built them up, and, and I know parents are concerned, and I know teachers are, too, and they just don't look at them as, as literature, but they are. And if it's got a kid reading, it's, again, some facts about graphic novels. They improve reading comprehension and build vocabulary. It's not just pictures. There's words that go along with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, self-selected material results in raising lifelong readers. Let the kids pick what they want to read. It also reinforces the text and our ability to read visuals, which can be very important in the real world. Absolutely. And like, 
so many times you've seen in a classroom where they're like, okay, it's silent reading time. And you know that kid is sitting there pretending Mm -hmm. because they have no interest in what they're reading. Mm -hmm. And you're right, it probably is just like too much content. It's daunting to think about getting started in it. So they'll just sit quietly and wait you out. Mm -hmm. But why wouldn't you just let them try something like a graphic novel Mm -hmm. and... That could be what they need to... I loved Archie Comics growing up. Yes, yeah, You know, Betty and Veronica, all the oh, digests. Yeah. I mean, we all read those, and, you know, it didn't do us any harm. And, no. And it was something to read. Absolutely. And I'm very much a reader who will, like, accidentally jump to um, speech in a, in a novel mm-hmm. and then go back and be like, no, 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 read everything. You need to see it all. But I'm so excited for... You want to know the, what the dialogue is going to be. I'm all about dialogue in a yeah. novel and I have to like slow myself down. And that's probably from yeah, doing that. Yeah, some books though so... will be so descriptive that they put you to sleep, you know. I don't need to know the exact color of the siding <laughs> of the shed that, you know, or that kind of thing. So exactly. yeah, I'm like you. I look forward to the dialogue. Yeah. Because that's usually what moves the story along. Exactly. And that's, yeah, I yeah. do. I get And then I'm like... No, go back, because you're going to miss something. Graphic novels full of dialogue. It's just dialogue. That yeah. I really enjoy that about yeah. them. And that's yeah. if that's what kids are looking for. And maybe they can't picture all the dialogue or all the content that's in there. Right. And that's why dialogue is yeah. easier. And Very, then you get the picture. They're important. And, and when people say, well, they're not real books. Yeah, they are. They're oh. real books. Some any language book, is better than no language. Any book that gets a kid reading to me is worthwhile. Yeah. Better, better than not. Better than that's not. all that there that's is right. to it. Absolutely. Um, so, are there any other um, like genres or um, specific s- selections you have going on in the library right now that I'm going to try this year? Um, we're going to try instead of doing Mrs. Mackenzie at rest, and we'll not appreciate this because she's a hardcore Dewey fan. Um, but I'm kind of overdue. Um, we're trying genre shelving. And so I've got all these little boys and girls that want to read hockey books. And I've got them all over the place because I've got some that are picture books. I've got some that are nonfiction Mm -hmm. for my early years, my junior easy or whatever. And just to simplify things Mm -hmm. and make it easier for them. Well, not right now because they aren't coming to library, but when they are able to come back to library, the shelf will be hockey, mm-hmm. the hockey books, right? Whether it be fiction nice. or nonfiction. Or age. Uh, yeah, age level probably. I have a real there, range, right? so I have to be yeah. a little bit careful, you know? Like, you aren't going to send a kindergarten home with the um, <laughs> Jordan Tutu autobiography. Uh, autobiography. Yes. So, <laughs> so, but yeah, but I'm so genre. And then I have built up a beautiful collection because I had about six little girls that... Um, wanted to read um, about animal friendships. So what I have done is built that collection up and again, because it's different animals, they would be filed in Dewey in the nonfiction all over the shelves, hard to find. Mm -hmm. So now I have them all together and they are all going to be on a shelf and it's animal friendships and true animal stories. So then they know where to go anyway. And there's some pretty cool stuff. And then I show them the tie-ins because a lot of them have their own websites. There's YouTube videos that go with, um, like some pretty cool stuff. As well as the book trailers that I do for fiction too that I can find. I used to do every third class as an audio visual with book trailers, introducing them to new materials and stuff. I just this year, it's not working out that way because I'm not in my library, so. Do you just love traveling though? I really do. Yes. <laughs> I 
really do. No Thank goodness it's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to try that. So I'm going to try genre shelving. And I'm going to try to... Um, so there's some other areas, too, that I could do. I just haven't gotten around to it yet, which ones I'm going to do specifically. Not all, but some for sure. Just for easy access. And then the kids know what what they want and where to get it. So perfect all right so i think we're at how do we access all of these or did you just do that nope no nope, perfect um well you can search um all the libraries in the yeah. division but if you're looking specifically you go to right now the only way that our opac which stands for open public access catalog meaning that you as a teacher or any parent or any student can access is you go in there and you go to Elkhorn School actually go to Elkhorn School and it says right there OPAC insignia OPAC and you click on it and it's gonna pull up Elkhorn because you're on Elkhorn School yeah but there's a little drop-down box and it shows all libraries or each school individually so if you know you want to borrow from one school in particular or whatever you can click on that or not um, or you can go all libraries and see what school has it so for example if you're looking for anything I've discussed today you would be on Elkhorn school and it has choices you if you know the title which not everybody does um, or the author again not that many people know subject is a way to find materials mm-hmm. um, keyword is probably your best bet if you kind of know part of the title but not really or if you kind of know what it's about but not really using keyword will generally find what you need so um, and then it will show and the cool thing with insignia our new program is it has the covers of the books too that's awesome and a short summary of what the book is about because that's sometimes how we remember a book yeah is but visual audio yeah, visual audio. there I know. it is maybe i am too maybe you are maybe you know. are I didn't know. and if you want to borrow you there is a reserve i'm not sure that it's open to the public yet but right now and and i think our students need emails in order to for them to, to look it up i think it needs to be gmail though and i don't know that they all have them yeah they do to reserve a book they all have Gmails. Okay, well, it, like in order the G drive to, res- to reserve a book, they need to be able to have some kind of an address. Mm-hmm. But you could just go to your own school librarian, and they would be able to hook you up. That's what I like to do. I just walk in here, and I'm like, mm, here's the theme I'm thinking of. <laughs> do you think you would find me a bunch of books and then order me some for everybody? And that's like it happens. <laughs> it's magic. I, just, I don't know what people are saying. It's difficult to find stuff. I don't have a problem. <laughs> I just show up, take some dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs and candies that are hidden. I know, I do the same thing for Mrs. And Chapman. I just walk just in like, and I'm like, I'm very much like, what, I'm like, I need exactly this book. And she's like, boom, there. I'm like, oh, thank God. How do you know you that? You just saved me 45 minutes. <laughs> right? Oh, my Lord. Do well. a decimal, do a decimal. Um, <laughs> it's been a while. It's easier just to ask us because we know do. where they yes. are. That's what I do. That's but there I is do. the idea being that down the road that in anyone in Fort Labos can reserve a book from any school library. Perfect. And that's very similar to the public library, which I also worked in years, a couple years, well, a few years 
before I was in the school. Um, so I've been doing this a very long time. Um, what is also what I will do for you, you know, is that if I don't have it, I always check with Border Regional Library because mm -hmm. they have wonderful collections themselves. Yeah. And in fact, we try not to buy the same materials so that we can share because then right. that goes a lot further, mm -hmm. right? And if they don't have it, I will go through Phil, which is the provincial interlibrary loan. So anyways, I have gotten a number of obscure requests <laughs> um, and books for people in the school, students included, if they start a series and I only go up to so far and I quit after that. Hey, I have no problem using my own public library and I, mm -hmm. my number, patron number, and getting the books for them. And they're always great about returning them. And I have books from everywhere. St. Pierre Jolis is great at loaning. Um, yeah, Jake Ebb like Library is great at loaning. Thompson, Thompson. did one time? Thompson. I've gotten more stuff from Thompson. And the yeah. reason is, the reason is, is Thompson has the most incredible, incredible public library. Because I think the northern thing. Yeah. And so the mine was full force there. And when we went up there for hockey, our hotel happened to be right across from the public library. All the other women went to Walmart, <laughs> and <laughs> I went to, to the library. library. And they had a beautiful library because there's not that many things to do apparently up there. So, and come winter time, I mean, they have a lot of people that are readers, and they had the best DVD collection at the time. Okay. Oh God, yes, they had. It was it was incredible. And I walked in and I introduced myself and said, you know all those books you shipped to Elkhorn? <laughs> and she said, yeah. And I said, yeah, that would be me, she said. But but Thompson has a beautiful yeah. public library. It's incredible. It really is. So, That's awesome. But I'll get them from anywhere. Like, I mean, they'll come from... I remember Thompson. I don't remember. Melita. I mean, like, yeah. And so it's just an interlibrary loan. Mm -hmm. And if I don't have it, and it isn't one we're going to want to use more than... You know, yeah. there's no point in buying something if we can just borrow it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I do that for students and staff as well, and myself for my personal reading as well. So, yeah. Awesome. Cool. I think we're at favorites. Do you want to share some of your favorite books right now? Because mm -hmm. this is the thing with... It changes. I come in and I'm like, she's like, oh, Julie, you have to look at this book. It's awesome. And it's always an awesome book, but I can come in on every day, any day, and it's like, I have a new favorite book. I'm like, how do you... When are you doing this? But that's okay. Um, I do have some favorites right now, actually. Um, I read one of my favorite wordless books to the kindergartens this morning, and it is called Spencer's Pet. And if you don't have it in your elementary library, you really need to get it. In fact, when we have library meetings, I tend to take some children's books and read to the librarians there. Um, I think some of them enjoy it and some of them roll their eyes but that's okay <laughs> it's sort of my thing so yeah because I want to share how cool yep. something is right um and it's called Spencer's Pet and it's I'm not gonna tell you because it's just a wordless book and you'll have to read it and see for yourself so that's a favorite early years right now so we um, need to, whoever's listening right now needs to pause go get a done. pen and paper and come back and get prepared and Spencer's Pet yes is what it's called and it is by I don't even know where I have it right this minute no so no worries anyway um so Your that is <laughs> somewhere I probably um oh I know exactly where it is it's 
It's right behind me. <laughs> Spencer's Pet, and it's by Jesse Sima. Cute. Awesome. What else you got? Okay. So then for the next level up, I think probably my new favorites are those, what we did as a, for a kickoff for Love to Read Month last year, was the, um, it's not your Hansel and Gretel. Yeah. Yeah, by Josh Funk, those ones. Yeah. Anyways, he's got a new one out called It's It's Not Your Little Red Riding Hood. And it's amazing. They're all amazing so far. There's been Hansel the and Gretel, yes. Okay, now I remember. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm <I've laughs> pretending. Like, I'm no, like, oh, no. 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 <laughs> there's, there's been um, Hansel and Gretel. Yeah. And there's been... Uh, Jack and the Beanstalk, and now the new one is Little Red Riding Hood. So right. that's my new favorite yeah. for like that. I always love Twisted Fairy Two, three, and, there, and there's I've They're got a so big funny. collection you of those do. too. I you have do. got Twisted and Fractured. Correct yeah. word is Fractured Fairy Tales. Oh, sorry. So, anyways, and we've got somebody should do a unit on that because I can just hook you up. She's looking <laughs> at me. <guys. laughs> Apparently, I'm doing Fractured Fairy Tales, <laughs> and she just lesson planned my next three months. <laughs> The other thing I have when you're talking about favorites, and right now, um, Virginia High has borrowed, is I have a really great collection on talking about trying to prepare my kids, my students, for the rest of the world when they get out there, is um, books on different cultures, and it's um, Where Children Sleep is the first one that started, I've seen that one. and that is the one where it shows a child in mm -hmm. the States you know, that has the opulent bedroom and whatever, whatever, and it gives the child's name, age, and a description of their life. And then the next page will be maybe a child from Brazil, and they're living in, like, nothing, yeah. you know? And it goes through. There's where children sleep, where children play. And then what, what children eat. And then I bought the have what you, children eat. Yeah, that and one's it's lunches, cool. lunches from around the world. Yeah. Um, and then um, where they go to school, how they go to school. Um, and then there's, um, what are some of the other parts that go with it? Oh, um, how they get their libraries, like, because there's, like, I complain about oh, my traveling yeah. library, but, like, some, <laughs> like, in, some are by camel. Like, the yeah. books come by camel, for yeah. heaven's sakes, and I'm not quite there yet, so. <laughs> Who knows, by Maybe the end of 2020, anything could happen. <laughs> it might be easier to travel. I have to bring Kalua. I have to bring Kalua yes. with the little doggy, little bags yes. on her, you know. Kalua is a dog, dog by not, the way. She's oh, yes. not that. <laughs> we need to be clear on this. <laughs> That's my dog's name. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Everyone's talking. They're like, wow, Mrs. McLeod brings her oh. beautiful. No wonder she's the most popular librarian ever. That's where the teachers hang out in there. <laughs> Anyways, oh, that, and it's a, whole, it's a whole collection on, like, and there's one that is called um, The Mirror, and it is, opens up on each way, each way, and it's uh, an Arabic child and a... I think it's an Australian child and it starts their day and each page opens and it's exactly what happens in their day and you oh, can cool. literally compare side by side what their days are like and oh, it's pretty awesome too cool. okay so I had to throw that in there that that's yes. a really good collection that we have um, and I also have really done a neat thing with the um, 
um, sayings and phrases that we all know and take for granted and that the kids just don't get anymore. Yeah. Like the what grandma used to say yes. and, and you know, all those kinds of fun things. So we've got that collection that's mm -hmm. really, really good too. And I'm really hooked on animal groupings. How each animal grouping has a specific name. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. So I have a unit that I do when the kids used to come to library. <laughs> where we have all these books and I make sure that the animals are in the books and put them on little slips of paper and they each they group they pair up and then they pick their randomly they pick their animals and then they have to find in the books what their collective noun is for that animal and they're really cool, cool. and they are really cool and then they a lot of the books have illustrations so for example a gang of elk <laughs> which is the correct term shows these elk in kind of cartoony with leather jackets leaning on the couch like, you know, oh, on the end. Like a gang. Like yeah, super like a gang, caricature. You know? super yeah. So anyway, so we do that too. That's something. Okay, so we talked about the Josh Funk and the, the they're not Josh Funk. Um, now I've gone blank on the <laughs> Little Red Riding Hood one. Oh, yeah. Um, so i got to go up a little bit. Yeah. Um, for grade four or five, read alouds the one and only Ivan is still the best if it's not being done as a novel unit and I think I'm lucky enough to be able to do it with them this year because Miss Howard's going to be going on a mat leave so I'm going to do it you're just taking it eh? I'm just taking it it's <laughs> one of my faves and we have the sequel the one and only Bob yeah. so that's pretty cool too um, but that that's an all-time favorite book obviously um, other ones for that age group are the now, I don't know the pronunciation because I don't speak Gaelic, but Eon Kof or whatever it is, like Spud Murphy. Yeah. That little series, those three are ideal classroom read-alouds. And then when we get into grade seven and eight, um, something that's really popular right now is um, Maybe He Just Likes You by Barbara D. And it is about um, sexual har harassment in middle school and consent and it says it's very important for kids this age to be aware mm -hmm. you know that no means no and 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 i and i get where the pair adults always say oh he just likes you you know or they brush it off and oh, yeah. but if it's made you uncomfortable and if you're you know if it's continuing then it's more than it's not to be taken lightly then and the book the idea is that I'm going to do that one with the grade seven and eights nice. which could be tricky because there's a range there this year mm -hmm. but I think it's important enough a read mm -hmm. that they that need to sense. hear it of course yeah. you know yeah, like so and again that's something that we would never have seen in a library before no for grades six seven eight even. basically even yeah. you know so then we get into my read alouds with the grade sevens and eights harrison me one of the best ever still to this day um my new favorite um and i went to colleen's ela class every morning when school started this year and read for 20 minutes orbiting jupiter i know you talked about that one by once. gary schmidt yeah you like that one. Oh, that is that's that's a heart book for me like that is one that that i just adore and i would read it Ten times over to classes or the to kids students love in it. a year. The kids just love it. I think it's going to be one of those ones, similar to, um, the boy in the striped pajamas. Mm -hmm. When Teresa read that to the kids, like, 
they remember that and I think kids remember I know they do because they're in grade 12 now the first group I ever read it to um, and it was an ugly cry book for me in front of all these it's kids serious. Oh, I'm it's so many books home today it's serious and it's funny and it's amazing and it's just mm. a, a wonderful book and I do know that they ha it impacted them and they remember it and I think they always will right and Long Way Down by Jason Reynolds who is a black author from the States and it's the elevator one remember you know we're you know you're not familiar with I that haven't one. read that one Ooh, that's a good one too and that's my next read aloud to the grade nines when things kind of settle in and we know where we're at is I'll be going back and doing that one with them um, so there's just so many it's <laughs> I see and that's the problem I if you gave me time to walk around the room I would go oh and then there's this one and then there's <laughs> this one and then there's this one but those are my more current favorites and I love anything I like William Bell and I like William Bell's short story the staircase and I do it as a dramatization with the students um, where it's almost like an interrogation room <laughs> and it's really cool when I do it but I'm not able to do it this year because of the situation so my hands are tied this year there's a lot of stuff that I usually do that oh. I can't do yeah, yeah. which is frustrating but I can push books and I keep <laughs> doing that and like yeah so and keep buying them I seem to be lucky enough to keep no. buying them and keep winning them this I is won ridiculous another one. I get so mad we're on Twitter. I want to get I know. I can't even talk about it. We're on Twitter. We both tweet and like the same author to get the free book. I come to school. Oh, Jules, guess what? I'm like, I don't want to hear about it. I won again. I don't understand. I didn't never say it like that. No, you say it nicely. Yes. But it's still true. I know. I won again last night, though. Did you? I won one of David Robertson's books. I went for the I I don't talk about it. Let's move on. Are we done? No. Okay. <laughs> and a fight broke out. No, uh, <laughs> Books were everywhere. Okay, so how about for adults? Because we need something to take our minds off everything. Oh, for pleasure reading? Right now. Some, okay, yeah. I don't read a lot of light stuff. You don't. I don't. <laughs> You're waiting um, for Harlequin. It's not here. It's not me. No, I don't do a lot of light stuff. Um... I balance my genre and like I'm pretty eclectic. I read biographies, I read sports, mm -hmm. I read um, nonfiction. Um, I just saw a trailer for Hillbilly Elegy, which is coming out, and it was a book that I had read, bought, and read a few years ago in my mm -hmm. home library. Mm -hmm. And I would recommend it to anybody to read. And it's about uh, a boy being raised in the Appalachians and the the drug issues that go on there and and the home life that he had that was pretty dysfunctional and how he kind of got away from it, you know, but still had those strong ties. And now they're making it a movie. And I saw oh, cool. the trailer for it and it looked pretty good. Mm -hmm. so, so, so there's some, like, true life stories. Mm -hmm. And then my new favorite fiction is uh, The Guest List. And I can't tell you who it's by because gone off the top of my head yeah. and I've lent that out I think to four people so far because when I buy a book <clears throat> Kelsey it had, gets it well Kelsey Kristen <laughs> get it Kelsey Kristen get it and then uh, Wendy Minescu usually mm, gets yeah. a great big stack uh, we've got uh, Corley Rowan we've got Pam Jamison we've got like there's multiple staff yeah. in our division that borrow books um, 
I have sisters that read, you know, so <laughs> what, like, I, they do more than that, but I mean, anyway, so Taryn is a, a reader, so I mean, and Taylor, of course, too, mm-hmm. so yes, so when I, because my husband will say, what do you need all these books for? Like, you just read them. What's... Yes, but when I buy a book, it, it sometimes goes through ten people, you know, because yep, like, yeah. I've got other friends in town. Holly, of course, Forsyth, mm-hmm. avid reader, you know, and she's like me. She's all over the place, and I can't I can't do the read two or three at the same time thing like some people can. I don't oh, like that either. I have to stay You do? Fo- mm-hmm. I, well, I will stay focused. I've got three books on the nightstand. Do you? How? Yeah, just like, depending on my mood. Like three fiction? No, no, no. Oh, okay. uh, like two nonfiction. Okay, and see, fiction. I could do that. Because then no. you know exactly what's going on. I've, I've been trying really hard to get through Nelson Mandela's book. That's been sitting there for a while. Uh, a letters from oh, prison? Oh, so much, and it's yeah. just so hard to get it's through good. all of it. But mm-hmm. it, I just got it. And then I got educated. A parent gave me the book, <coughs> Educated Super Last Oh, year. I read that. Oh, my. I loved it. What a yep. thoughtful gift for yeah. a teacher at the end that of the year. Nice. Yeah, that was a really good one. Yeah, that's a good um, one. I've so, got that. Yeah. So right guest now. list is my new favorite and nice. it's um and what am I reading right now? Playing Nice, I think, uh, by JP Delaney. Mm. And so far so good. So I'll let mm. you know how that one ends. But but yeah, so not only do I have a passion for the reading here in this building, but I do at home as well. So Awesome. Well that's I think how it goes normally. Mm-hmm. Well, this was lovely. This was fun. I love any excuse to come back and see Alcorn. That's awesome. I miss oh, you we guys. We like seeing so. you. I Thanks know. for having me. Thanks for inviting me to host with you so yeah. the Julies could do yeah. it. Yeah, Julie Squared. <laughs> um, I don't think that should be our name, though. No, I, we got to find something cooler than that. Yeah. But your original nickname for me was not okay either. So not appropriate. Uh, <laughs> no, you're right. Kalua is a dog. Let's <laughs> <laughs> so get all our disclaimers out at the end of the show. Yes. Thank you to everyone for listening to us. Yep. Talk about books. And I know everyone's going to go read I'm ready. I'm ready. Just email, email, phone, um, get your librarian to request anything. I'm, I'm here to support get the touch. whole division, not just Elkhorn. And I would be happy to share any ideas and units that I do. Uh, Except we get dibs. Whatever. <laughs> um, I throw another one in. I do the origin of kids' names. And that's oh, a fascinating love one. They love to know where their names yep. came from. And then they come and they're like, do you know what your name means? I'm like, no. <laughs> and they know what theirs they're, means. And they do, and they tell you. All of them will tell you. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I make so up my cute. own. Awesome. Okay. Well, I think that's that. And uh, thanks so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for tuning in. Any of the resources or information mentioned in this podcast can be found in this episode's show notes, available at www.flbsd.mb.ca forward slash podcast. Join us next time as real teachers continue to share their journeys and inspire you to teach like a boss.